bittersweet toxicity. <laughs> no pants, pants, and penguins. We're good. We have we have a whole ensemble happening. No, it's pants, second pants, and penguins. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Welcome to Bittersweet Toxicity. My name is Vanessa. I'm your host. And along with me are two of my closest friends, Mark and Patty, helping me co-host this show. <laughs> so this is episode one, and this is How Did I Get Here? Um, it's been 11 years, and I finally felt like I was ready to tell my story in the most candid way that I could tell it. So hopefully mostly truth. Well, goal. <laughs> no, so I don't. Entertainment. <laughs> I mean, there might be. We will change the names of the guilty and the innocent, I guess. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, no, we decided, I think, to go with initials. Yeah. Wow, this is a really terrible intro, but welcome to the show, everybody. This is Bittersweet Toxicity. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> I... I'm, I may be one of the innocents in the situation and, you know, can I go by a different name? I, no, I think you're guilty. <laughs> well, well, either way, she wants to know if she should be using a pseudonym, you know, like, here, let's uh, start this over from the top. These are my friends, Eight Ball and Squid. <laughs> Do you want to go by, like, Cinnamon or Glitter? your stripper name again because i will call you that <laughs> i had a cousin named cinnamon sunshine the oh no really that's wow. unfortunate <laughs> you chose that and you're gonna put yourself in the broadcast if you talk <laughs> roses it's fine i'm gonna leave that part in <laughs> yeah episode one mark needs better lighting <laughs> and and Patty needs pants. <laughs> so I don't know if you all remember, but once upon a time I was married. Yes. I and I call that time of my life Eden because I think everybody lied to me and told me that, you know, this is the rule book of life. This is what you have to do. You, you go to high school, you go to college. You graduate, you get married, you have kids, and it lasts forever. Mm -hmm. And I, I wasn't ready. I never wanted to get married. So, of course, I did. And then I did the whole <laughs> thing. Like, I, I went to the Catholic Church, and I wore the white dress, and I smiled like a demon <laughs> at the camera. I remember I was there. Yes. yes, lots of interesting pictures of me smiling like I knew something nobody else knew, but I didn't. I didn't I didn't really didn't know anything. I had no idea what I was getting into. I went I lived a very sheltered life. So I went from living at my parents' house to being married without really spending any time on my own. So I really just didn't even know how to cook, which in the first year of my marriage led to me getting banned from the kitchen permanently. <laughs> Whoa, 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 whoa. There's variations on the level of don't know how to cook. 
Come on. Like I've, I've had enough, like I tried to boil water. I started a two alarm fire stories from you where don't know how to cook and you in the kitchen. There's a different story yeah. there. Right. So, <laughs> you and kitchens don't mix in the form of bad food. They mix. <laughs> well, I was sick. I had a really bad sinus infection and I was making our family favorite dish of rice it's like saffron it's a really big mess of a dish i didn't feel good so i kept like running my fingers through my hair and somehow in the process of making rice i got rice everywhere and and it was in my hair and it was on the ceiling i don't know how it wound up there yeah, yeah that's what i mean by like there's levels of yeah. kitchen ineptitude and right. then there's levels of Dude. <laughs> that's how it started for me was really kitchen ineptitude like the the physics in my kitchen they defy physics <laughs> so i i remember my ex-husband now who was my husband at the time kg came in and said what are you doing and i said i'm cooking and he said get out <laughs> Sounds like the omen. Oh my God. Get out. Yeah. He sort of thing a ghost says when it wants you to leave. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And, it was, then, it, and then he exercised the kitchen. Yes. He finished dinner and cleaned it. And I mean, it involved a broom and a stepladder and a dustpan. Yeah, ceiling sweeping is not normal kitchen cleanup. No. no. No, and he he said no, never, never, ever again. Which I mean, the thing that preceded that was I had gotten ground veal, and I don't know how to make ground veal, so I thought you could make it like a veal cutlet. You just put it in the pan, and you it'll form itself into a little cutlet, and then you would flip it and stuff. And the kitchen window was open. We lived in an apartment on like the third floor, so he came home from dinner or came home from work and I had the kitchen window open and I shouted out to him like, Hey, how are you? He said, what are you doing? I said, ruining dinner. Oh my God. <laughs> so not, I got banned. Dinner. Ruining dinner. It was, it was, thank God we still had some ground veal left because he managed to salvage it and make sort of like little meatball veal cutlets, which were delicious but not what I thought it would be. Like, I don't know what I was thinking. I thought you just formed it into a cutlet shape and cooked it and then it was fine, but it doesn't, it doesn't work like that. Yeah, 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 I know how to cook. And so this sounds kind of vaguely atrocious to me. Yes. <laughs> yeah, when we were dating- I banned you from the kitchen too. Sorry, yeah. no offense. When we were Actually, dating- not true. I would teach you how to cook would have been my yes. answer. <laughs> yeah, because the whole like you get out, let me do it just sounds like, hey, wait a minute, this person just failed into success. Now I have to do yes. all the cooking. Yes, it, it was wonderful because I did not have to cook for the entire almost the entire time that we were married. I mean, there were some things I could make, like I could boil water, I could boil pasta. But other than that, I was totally lost. So he really did all of the cooking. And it was wonderful for me because I had nine years of my life where I got to sit on the couch and be waited on <laughs> but it led to once i was out on my own going oh lord the food doesn't come cooked from the grocery store and i don't know how to do this and i'm still learning as facebook and 
you find friends of mine can attest that there are times where dinner is not served, it's ordered. Mm-hmm. You don't have rice in your hair, though, you so had, things have you improved. Had a couple of successes recently. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, definitely. I've I've learned to enjoy somewhat the process of cooking, and I can make some dishes, but some I can't. Eric challenged me a few weeks ago to do. Uh, ooh, I said his name. That's okay. Um, <clears throat> catnip Aww. challenged me a few weeks ago <laughs> to make uh, ham steaks but to glaze them. And I didn't, I don't know how to make a glaze. So that became us ordering out because the glaze I made was not a glaze. It was really just very wet sugar. Like it was weird. I, it was not tasty at all. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Wet sugar. (laughs) I'm just saying it's, it's an unpleasant connotation. Syrups are a syrup. Wet sugar sounds like it's wet. It's like a gritty liquid. It was. Oh, ooh. it was. Ooh. That's exactly what it was. Ooh. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, just a thought to toss out there, like, you know, while you're roaming through all of this, is that the entire possibility that you have an entire podcast about your cooking capabilities or lack thereof. <laughs> maybe you should keep that one stuck in the corner because I'm pretty sure the three of us could discuss your, your, your yeah. cooking catastrophes with suggestions as to how to correct them for yeah. at least a hundred hours. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I would, and it would like be a charming least... subject, kind of a nice palate cleanser from, you know, the yes. somewhat darker subjects that you wish to discuss here. I would like for Netflix to offer me a show of really bad cooking. <laughs> I've had two different roommates who were chefs, like literal professional chefs. It improved my cooking abilities having lived with them. My roommate, G, he he always has this comedy of he wanted to do a podcast with me where the two of us are sitting side by side cooking the same dish and like he's doing it right. And I'm like, take chickpeas out of the can. I'm cooking like a normal person and he's cooking like a chef, like side by side and see what we come up with at the end. And I thought only, that was kind of funny. Only and then we could do it, but we could do it with him, me, and you. And then it would be like, oh, look, it's beautiful. Oh, look, it's edible. Oh my God, what is this thing? Exactly. <laughs> that would be a show. That would be, I, I sign me up for that wherever I need to sign. <laughs> So we were married for quite a long time and throughout different parts of our marriage, other than getting banned, we had a really good time other than getting banned from the kitchen. I mean, KG really was like my best friend. We were Mm -hmm. close, but he had so many problems. Like he just came with so much baggage um, in terms of his family and his relationship and with his parents. So, or lack thereof that it bled into our marriage like about a year and a half into our marriage i will come clean and say i had an affair and mark it is someone you know but we will not go into it any further than that i'm already aware because i'm a gossip hound (laughs) i didn't know this was the hot knowledge around the water cooler it's not hot knowledge around the water cooler. I just said I'm a hound. I, I, I look at gossip and I find it. <laughs> and it was, it was, 
I, I really wanted to pursue that. But then at the same time, I was like, we, you know, I'm married and I, I need to stay here. And the other person said the same thing, um, that we should not go down this road. But at that time I was seriously thinking of leaving Kay. I was like, I can't do this anymore where we were living like roommates. He had had surgery and he was just sitting home smoking weed every day. And I, I don't mind, like, do whatever you want to do with your life. I'm not like a teetotaler, a totaler, a tea, teetotaler. I don't know. That's the word. Teetotaler. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, was, yeah, yeah. I was really. You're going to just I, like go back into like 1940s English. You're going to have to work on it. <laughs> I nailed it. Okay. Yes, I yes, nailed yes, it. Yeah. <laughs> But I don't care what you do with your life, but at least work, get a job, do something, be productive, be a part of this marriage. And instead of us separating, like I, I went to dinner or breakfast with my mother and my sister and we sat there and I told them, hey, I'm thinking of doing this. And they said, don't do this now. Like he was talking about leaving and moving to another state and taking me with him and both of my family members said you should stick this out at least go with him and see if it gets better and for a little while it did um but on the side like he just had a problem with the truth so it was a lot of like things that i kept uncovering throughout our marriage together messages to other girls um super embarrassing I was way visiting my family. And when I came home, there was um, prophylactic wrapper on the computer desk. And I was like, what is this? What, where did this come from? And he actually told me that he had pleasured himself into that. And I thought, well, that's weird for like a 30 something year old person to do no no i'm just gonna attest that that's just a weird thing for a man human to do that doesn't sound like <laughs> that is a terrible terrible alibi yeah keep going <laughs> he and he has never once confessed that truth to me um and i never really believed him on that front but you know we just kept trying to make it work like i really thought this is what marriage is like we there's hard times and i'm not perfect and i had this affair and i need to just show up and just keep trying anyway um and then i had a miscarriage and like i went away i exited the marriage in and in like every sense, I, I have almost no memory of that time. And I've spoken at Kay on and off throughout the years since we've been separated. And he'll say to me, I'm like, well, you, you like, I used to feed you. I used to have to brush your hair um, because you just couldn't do anything. I just wasn't emotionally there. And it was really hard because I had it at 10 weeks. The heart stopped beating. So now I have to make this choice of like, what do I do? Do I wait for nature to kick in or do I go to the doctor and have this taken care of surgically? And ultimately the doctor was like, well, you're young. You don't want to get sick. <clears throat> it's better for you to take care of it surgically. And that was, you never ready for that decision. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I can understand that that's a lot tougher than it's just like, you know, you went into early labor, you miscarry, it's all done, and it's out of your hands. The fact that you had to make a choice right? and see how that made it harder. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It, was, it was really hard. So, and I felt guilty because I... I will be honest, nobody tells you what it's like to be pregnant. And it was like a pod person had taken over my body and I hated it so much. And then I felt guilty, like I wished this into the world. I didn't want the baby enough to not feel like, I don't know, resentful or, oh, I hate every minute of this. So I felt like it was my fault and I carried that guilt for a long right, time. Right, you're- yeah your negative thoughts towards the pregnancy is what caused that to happen. Yes. Yeah. And I went to counseling about it. Yeah. And I went to counseling about it and told my counselor and I cried and said, I feel like this is all my fault because I thought, you know, Oh my God, what am I doing? I'm not going to be a good mom. And I don't even want this baby. Like there were crazy thoughts that I had when I was pregnant that, nobody tells you your hormones are absolutely bananas and change like every aspect of you. And I felt sick the whole time, like the whole first few weeks I felt sick. So it was like, I would eat food to not feel sick. So I was hungry every hour. (laughs) But then if I ate too much, I felt sick. If I didn't eat enough, I felt sick. I felt sick all of the time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, Had two on this end. Not me, obviously. (laughs) Um, uh, Girl, child, very easy pregnancy. Boy, child, sick the whole time. Like, and the whole, you know, like, who am I? Like, what kind of person have I turned into? Um, You know, my wife was a vegetarian for like 25 years, then uh, got pregnant with a boy. And the only thing she could keep down was chicken and celery. Oh, my God. (laughs) You know, breaking a lifelong vegetarianism to support this life form that's parasiting off of you is kind of mind bending. Yeah. 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 Yeah, It just choices are being made for you. Yeah. Yeah. It's not it's not easy. You know, my situation with my first pregnancy was not good. And thank God I was able to have Natalia after. But it was a hard road for me. Yeah, I know. I I remember calling you at that time and we both were just, I, and I'm not even in your shoes and I still cried for you because how horrible. Yeah. I had it really easy. I just had to go buy milk and donuts and chicken <laughs> and be good. And Kay, Kay was great about it. You know, like I remember waking up one morning and just really craving bagels at like three in the morning. And he went out as soon as the bagel store opened and got us bagels. And one day um, when I started to feel more human again and a little bit better, I was craving Denny's and I we went to Denny's and I had a double cheeseburger with bacon and fries and a peanut butter pie and ate every last like there was nothing left on my plate at all like I practically licked it clean (laughs) (laughs) oh Denny's yeah we went here in Tennessee well it's not here in Tennessee it's over the border but it was not the same we waited forever for the food and it was not very good i think all the staff quit during our ordering because we waited two hours for food that wasn't even good yeah i i think i've had enough incidences with denny's there if we continue this conversation you will again get sued (laughs) yeah (laughs) 
also my experience with Denny's goes even further because I worked at Denny's while I went to college. So <laughs> yes, yes, all of the police officers that used to come in. <laughs> so with the miscarriage. Kay really started to kind of like fall apart a little bit more. So cracks started showing in our relationship and we bought a house before the pregnancy and he had hurt himself. He fell off a ladder and hurt his other shoulder. So now he started get, getting a habit with hydrocodone. And once he had the surgery he still wanted the drugs so he went to the pain doctor and was like oh my pain is like a, a 12 out of 10 so they put him on the time release morphine Ooh. which Boy. comes in capsules which he used to break open and snort oh gosh so now i was like okay we I tried talking to him because for 20 years I was in the medical field. I'm not a doctor. I only play one on TV, <laughs> but I knew enough about medicine to tell him I'm going to wake up one day to you not being alive. Right. It, you're killing, you're taking a drug that is designed to be time released and putting it in your system all at once. You're just dumping it in there. Yeah, I, I'd say that was one of those moments where it's like, you haven't started on the slippery slope. I'm standing here at the top of the slippery slope and I'm looking at you all the way down there. You're about halfway down. Yeah. So, you know, uh, you know yeah. I would say that that is the step just before injection, actually. And that's funny that you should say that because one night he went outside around the side of the house and when he came in, he said, something stung me in the ankle. And it was one puncture wound. And the next morning, he was actually in bed crying. He could barely get up out of bed. And I took him to the ER. And they really didn't treat him. Like, they were just, like, hands off. They didn't really do anything. And he wound up having to go to the primary care physician the next day who put him on antibiotics and Advil. And I'll tell you in terms of inches, which is like, you don't usually measure in inches when you're in healthcare, but this nurse for some reason did his foot was 14 inches all the way around. That's how blown right. up it got. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I still think to this day, nothing stung him he was trying to inject himself ankle is a weird spot but yeah i'm just saying like you know if, if, if he'd mysteriously gotten a bee sting between his toes i'd have been like mm -hmm. right i was just gonna say that mm -hmm. yeah 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 because yeah. the ankle's a real weird spot to attempt IV. yeah but it's you know bold. again if he was incompetent you know <laughs> there's always yeah. potential for that right <laughs> you know what I mean? who knows yeah, yeah, what yeah. Like Google wasn't really a huge thing back then. YouTube wasn't a really huge thing back then. So who knows what kind of anecdotal stories he had gotten. And maybe he knew like if he got stung between the toes, I might suspect something. So maybe he thought, well, I'll try it here. Whatever. I see a vein, something. I mean, I don't know. I wasn't out there with him. I guess I just... that is a truth, actually, is like the top of your foot and your ankle is a good spot to find a vein. 
right. they're close to the surface. Yeah. It's just a terrible yeah. place to inject yourself. Right. Well, yeah, because ultimately what wound up happening was his leg turned that, it got cellulitis and it turned that horrible, like, purple and red yeah. color where all of the sound like vessels. a bug bite regardless uh you know it, it sounds like you know there's a reason why they you know wipe your in you know why are you wiping my entire leg with that brown stuff before you give me an injection well because you don't want to you know get cellulitis we're gonna sterilize your whole leg before we punch a tiny hole in it right right so yeah you know we are speculating but, right, of course, because I wasn't out there and I don't know exactly what he did. I just know that the end result of that was I realized that he was in trouble. And at that time, I had been communicating with my family and telling them because I kept finding emails and, you know, solicitations to ladies of the night. Um, and I was getting to a point where I couldn't do this anymore. I went three days without speaking to him. And we had a very serious conversation where I told him, you know, you're going to just have to get off the drugs. Like we can't do this anymore. Um, and he didn't, he couldn't. I, and I, it was so bad that I actually went to Walgreens or CVS or Rite Aid, whatever was near us at that time. And I don't remember to get a drug test, which in those days was super expensive. Um, and I gave him the drug test. I waited weeks to give it to him and I handed him the cup and said, I'm, I'm going to need you to take this drug test. He got, he flushed the instructions. Hmm. So when he handed me the cup, he said, I, I lost the instructions. And I said, well, where are they? And he goes, well, I got rid of them. Okay. Well now this is useless. I don't know how to read it. Like right. there's lots of colors on here, but I don't know. What if they, if you actually have stuff in your system, I have no idea. He didn't want you to know he was a Martian. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what does green mean? <laughs> so at that point I decided to write him a letter cause I was done talking to him and I was really embarrassed continuing to call my family to tell them I'm failing at being a wife. Now I failed at being a mom. Like I'm failing at so many things that I can't do this anymore. So I sent him, I wrote him a letter. A friend of his had gone overseas to Kuwait because at that time the government contracts were hot. If you had been in the military before and if you had mechanical knowledge, you could get a contract and you could go um, do work on their, I forget what they're called now, those special military vehicles that are supposedly resistant to those attacks. MRAPs or something like that? That's the word, yeah, the MRAPs. So I sent him a letter and said, you, I, you have like three choices. You can get off the drugs, you can go to inpatient or outpatient rehab, you can go overseas, and I'm, I'm going about to give you like 12 choices because I really don't remember exactly what I wrote in the letter. You or... have three choices. Any of these 12. Yes. Pick three. One, you can go into inpatient rehab. Two, you can go to Kuwait. Or three, we don't know. What was three? Three was, you know, we go to outpatient rehab. Four was we could get separated um, and just not be together anymore. 
And five was like, shut the fuck up and get your shit fucking together. Because if you don't, we have serious problems. So he finally decided that he was going to go overseas. I don't think I understood at that time what the impact would be. I had left New York where I had a network. I had friends. I had family. I went to North Carolina. And when I tell you I had no network, I had no network. I was there for seven years. And I was I have like a sad and desperate little person who the more desperate I was for friendship, the more I repelled people. <laughs> and also the time frame here is somewhat important. Like what years was this? Two thousand we moved to North Carolina in two thousand four. So by this time it's like two thousand nine, maybe two thousand ten. And I'm saying the internet was still not quite what it is now. Like the right. ability for like, you know, us to just BS here. The three of us are now talking on separate continents at separate sides right. of the same continent. And we're all casually having a conversation. It wasn't so easy in 2004 right. to maintain presence with people 700 miles away. No, I think I just yeah. created my Facebook in like 2006 or 2008. And I, I didn't know I how to use it. I created mine when Natalia was born in 2009. Yeah. So, and there wasn't this level of communication. So you made friends the old fashioned way. You went out and you ran up to someone and you said to them, be my fucking friend. <laughs> and they That's went. That's not actually how you do it, Vanessa. I kind of understand oh. the problems. <laughs> oh, that was the problem then. That was the problem. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yelling at people at Walmart is not how you make friends. No. <laughs> I or wish if you I do, had they're not good friends. I wish I had known that then because <laughs> I didn't and no wonder everybody was repelled by me. <laughs> Although there was one guy who was in a van creepily enough oh, and was lost. <laughs> like the beginning of a very bad story oh, did the man yeah, say free hugs on the side no but he was, said he was lost and he was looking for some road and i was like well i don't know look on your map or whatever and i don't even know i don't think google maps or any of those things it was like just go to MapQuest. well where do you get MapQuest? well you have to go home and like get on your computer and print out 12 pages i don't know where this street is and then as i was like walking away he asked me if i was married and i remember backing into my car like like sitting down backwards in my car because i was afraid to turn my back to him because i thought he's gonna put a hypo in my butt and i'm gonna wind up <laughs> on the floor it's yeah, you, you had a uh are you about a size 14 moment <laughs> right oh exactly <laughs> so I, honestly he's looking, like does she have anybody that would be looking for her if she yeah, yeah exactly like uh, uh, could you help me put my dog in the band exactly <laughs> retrospectively now looking back we could have been really good friends and i let that opportunity just go right by me yeah 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 your life at the bottom of a well <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> so when kay left I, I and i did i had made one friend because there was a girl by the name of am who was a student of KG's. And when, 
at one point they were talking so much that I confronted her because I thought they were having an affair and that actually made us friends. So I had her, like she was like my only real connection and network. She started coming over when KJ left, when K KJ, no, KG, when he Ooh. left. Um, <laughs> that's my, that's my secret lover. We don't talk about him. <laughs> <laughs> I think for the first couple of months I spent like not talking to anybody. I went from the couch to the bed to the other bedroom. I just slept around the whole house and was super lonely and didn't know what to do. And when I started to like wake back up again, AM was there. So we started hanging out. We had geek dates where she, she would come over and bring her computer and I would have mine. Sometimes we would talk. Sometimes we would just play on the computer and not speak to each other. And it was really great because I felt like, oh, I'm not alone and I could see her whenever, but then I could still be alone when I wanted to be alone. And then she boring. told me, she, right. And then she told me she was going to move back to New York. And I, I remember crying and, and then just telling her I didn't want her to go and that whatever it was she wanted to do, I wanted to help her. So I let her move in with me. And then it was party time. Like we wound up one morning in my garage at 10 a.m. drunk off of our asses, singing and talking and crying and just talking about everything that was under the sun and and honestly like what what were we we were i don't know how old i was 30 something she was 20 something so we were just i feel like in my mind young kids trying to figure it out and you look and you go well, 30 something you should know you should have your life together but i was sheltered i went from my parents house to my own apartment for six months and then moved back in with my parents and then got married so this is like the first time I'm getting to be on my own and figure out life and how it all works. Mm. So we had a good time. We drank a lot. We smoked too much and her friends started to come over and visit us. And we just had, I learned about Pandora for the first time ever. Um, I listened to Sirius radio all day long, the Howard Stern show in my garage. Um, and that was it. Like, that was what we did. Thank you for joining us at Bittersweet Toxicity. The show was brought to you by North Circus Productions, LLC. Artwork was done by Vin Lisa. Music was mixed by me, Vanessa. Sound effects were borrowed from Zapsplat. You can find us on Instagram and Facebook at Bittersweet Toxicity Podcast. And if you would like to support the hosts, you can find us at Bittersweet Pod on buymeacoffee.com.